0: The psalmist cries out, "You are the rock of my salvation, Lord. You are the strength of my life. You are my hope. Lord, you are the one who hears our cry, and we thank you for that. Let's sing this song together. believe in you. salvation.
1: The scripture today is from Luke chapter 8, beginning with verse 26. Even before this text, Jesus and his disciples have already had quite a day. They have just survived a life-threatening storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus had calmed the winds and the waves with just a word. They've barely begun to dry off and catch their breath and say, let's go home now, when Jesus says, nope, we're going to go over to the far side of the lake to the east side of the lake at the base of what we now would call Golan Heights. Hear the word of God. Then they arrived at the country of the Gerizines, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes and he did not live in a house built but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons, had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these, so they gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swineherds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerizines Asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So we got into the boat and returned home. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home. Declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be God. to God. As they sail across the sea, they land in Gentile territory, unclean territory. You can smell those pigs and tombs before you even step out of the boat. Unclean pigs, unclean tombs, unclean Gentiles, and worse, unclean Romans. It was an area where Rome had settled their military vets. The presence, the oppressive presence of Rome, was absolutely palpable in the area. The disciples, real eager to get on dry ground after what had just gone on on the sea, find themselves between two storms, the storm on the sea that was behind them and a human, demonic storm screaming that is in front of them, no less daunting than the storm that has just been on the sea. And as he did in the face of the wind and the waves, Jesus remains calm and in control of the situation and settles the storm. Jesus has gone out of his way to find this man and he looks him in the eye and he says, what is your name? What a tender thing to do in the midst of that crazy storm legion. A number more than a name. 5,000 to 6,000 Roman soldiers in a legion. A massive, massive force of demons is in this man. Jesus is faced with a great concentration of evil power. In popular belief, demons had to have some sort of a physical body in order to express themselves. So if Jesus is going to cast them out, they don't want to just be out in the nowhere, they want to go into something, into some body, and so they suggest the pigs. So Jesus casts the unclean spirits into the unclean pigs, and the wild mania of demons cannot leave well enough alone. They bring their chaos with them wherever they go. The herd of pigs, up to now going about their regular piggy business, it seems, now go berserk, dash off a cliff, and drown in the sea. The powers of darkness have lined up against Jesus, and they prove to be powerless before him. For the man, demon-possessed, chained, left for dead in the cemetery, all is reversed. He, comes, he becomes a spokesman for Jesus, sent back to the very people who chained him there and wanted him to die, proclaiming to those people the transforming power of God in his life. The story of exorcism in this text is a story about personal healing for the man, but it's also a political story. For many people in the ancient Roman world, that word legion meant one thing, and it meant the Romans, the experience of living under their brutal occupying power. In fact, many of the people buried in those tombs right there where legion was living had been killed by the Romans. Driving a regiment of demonic Roman soldiers into the sea was exactly what they wanted to see happen. So as we hear the hooves of the pigs clicking towards the sea, it is clear that even the power of Rome will ultimately be no match for the liberating power of Jesus. Exercising demons played a large part in Jesus' ministry. That's kind of weird to talk about them today, isn't it? Because so much of what they call demon possession, we now have a medical explanation for it, and we have ways to treat people who demonstrate some of these sorts of symptoms. Although we no longer attribute them to demons, though, we all know that there are times when we feel that something is controlling us, something has us out of control. We, we really are not able to do what we want to do, but something else is seizing us and our lives are out of control. Jill Duffield writes, Jesus goes out of his way to find you even when you are at the very bottom. He goes out of his way to find you even if you're in the cemetery And he asks, what is your name? Because he knows that you are more than what it appears. He knows that you're a child of God, that you are beloved. And Jesus wants to banish the darkness, whatever that darkness may be that sometimes controls you. And he wants to restore you and empower you to tell the story of God's mercy in your life. He may not change the circumstances immediately. The townspeople might still be afraid of you. The graveyard is still back there. And there may be a few of those demons still alive wandering around in the sea over there. But you, you are set free. You are empowered by Jesus to tell what he's done and to live differently. Now it's also a story about the larger world. The larger world where the powers of darkness just seem like they're running amok, don't they? There is human trafficking, there's mass shootings, repressive government regimes, racism but this story says there is also hope because Jesus you see is conducting a campaign against evil this is not just one isolated incident in the exorcism of this man God's kingdom is breaking through into our world it's just beginning But God is on the loose, and he's not going to stop until the day that he liberates all of the world from the powers of darkness, the day that this world does become his kingdom. Have you been watching the demonstrations in Hong Kong the last two weeks? Uh, The people have been demonstrating because mainland China Wants to be able to uh, what's the word extradite people from Hong Kong back into mainland China. So they're very afraid that that could happen. A number of Christians who in in Hong Kong who are very afraid that that could happen to them began to sing as part of the demonstration. They sa- they thought that the singing would be just to calm down the crowd that was in the area where they were. They sang. Sing Alleluia to the Lord. It has become the unofficial anthem of the demonstration. If you watch a clip online, thousands of people at a time are singing this and marching right in front of the government powers. Christians and non-Christians alike who sing it say that they find hope. Little do they know they're tapping into a very deep spiritual reality, aren't they? That God is the one who liberates from oppressive powers. If you ever visit the rooms of Martin Luther in Wurtzberg Castle in Eastern Germany, you will see a spot on the wall where he was so troubled by the darkness he threw his inkwell at the devil and it hit the wall. He wrote, a mighty fortress is our God, which we will sing in a minute. Though this world with devils filled should threaten to undo us, we will not fear. For God has willed his truth to triumph through us. Their doom is sure. One little word shall fell them. That word, that word, Christ Jesus, it is he, and he must win the battle. Thanks be to God.
0: This morning, our offertory, Who Am I? You'll find the chorus on the music insert. At the conclusion of this song, we'll stand together and offer that as our doxology. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. That see my sin would look on me with love and watch me rise again. Who am I that the voice that calmed the sea would call out through the rain, and calm the storm? Catch me when I'm falling, you told me who I am, I am yours, I am yours, isn't that a beautiful song, church? I love that song, we're going to stand and sing the chorus together, I hope this will stay with you today. catch me when I fall